series called Presence, and today I want to talk to you about Jesus being the everlasting Father. Our key scripture for this series is in Isaiah chapter 9. I want to pick up reading in verse number 6, Isaiah 9 and verse number 6. The Word of God says, this is Isaiah 700 years before Christ was born. This is a prophecy. He says, for, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And last week we looked at Prince of Peace, and if you missed, I would encourage you to get online, listen to the message, download it on your iPod, pick up a CD there in in the lobby. Uh, I really believe it will be a blessing to your life as people are seeking and searching for peace. We're working backwards in this series, so today I want to talk about Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. And when some of you hear the word Father, you have wonderful, wonderful thoughts. You think about the man who loved you. You think about the man who provided for you. You think about the man who loved your mother. He was caring. He was nurturing. He was the spiritual leader of your home. And you have wonderful thoughts about your earthly father. And when others of you hear the words everlasting father, you get an uneasy feeling. You you have negative thoughts because you haven't had a very good history with your earthly father. When you think about the word father, you immediately start to think about the man who walked out on your family. You begin to think about the man who caused your mother so much pain. You, you think about the man who abused you. You think about the man who was never there for you. You think about the man who said things to you like, you'll never make anything of your life. You think about the man who wouldn't provide for you or your family. And, and hear me today, if you grew up having negative thoughts about your earthly father, you have to be very careful because if you're not careful, you'll begin to have those same negative thoughts about your everlasting father. You'll see your everlasting father in the same light as you do your earthly father. I have news for you today. Your everlasting father isn't anything like your earthly father. Hear me today. Nothing like your earthly father. Jesus is everlasting. Everybody say everlasting. He's the everlasting. In other words, he has no beginning. He has no end. He existed before he came to earth. And he will exist forever. Please understand something about Jesus. He's always existed and always will. God's word, the Bible, teaches us that Jesus is eternal. He's everlasting. He's always been. Matter of fact, the word of God puts it to us like this. The book of John chapter 1, verse number 1 says, In the beginning was the word. Everybody say was. Please hear me. In the beginning was the Word. Now, if you'll study this out, the Word is talking about Jesus Christ. It can be easily read, in the beginning was Jesus Christ. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, you have to understand that in the beginning was, Jesus already was. Before there was a beginning of what you and I know as time, He was. Say, well, who who created God? Nobody. He's always been. Go home and dream about that tonight and figure it out. Amen. I know it messes with you. He's eternal. 
He's everlasting. In the beginning was, God was, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus is God. Verse 2, He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is everlasting. He says this about Himself in Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. The Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was. Before there was a beginning, I was. When the end of time stops, I will be. Who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Please understand something about Jesus. Jesus is everlasting. And not only is He everlasting, but He's the everlasting Father. He, he's, he's the Father of creation. He's the Father of eternity. He's the Father of mankind. Now understand me today. Though Jesus is the everlasting father he is not god the father you see there is one god that exists in three persons god the father god the son god the holy spirit and i don't want you to be confused today yes god said he prophesied through isaiah that we have an everlasting father in jesus god the son is the everlasting father but he is not god the father don't be confused our everlasting father is not God the Father. And I don't have time to talk about all that today. It's very important doctrine, very important theology. Don't have time to spend a lot of time there, but wanted to bring that to your attention that He is the everlasting Father, though He's not God the Father. And some of you are royally confused, and we will help you some other time. Amen. We call it the Trinity. But, but, but today, as we look at Jesus being our everlasting father, I want to share with you three qualities from the story of the prodigal son of what an everlasting father means to us. In other words, Herbert, okay, Jesus is the everlasting father. I get that, understand that, but how does that impact my life? What does that do for me? How does that change the way that I live? Let me share with you about how Jesus, what this means to you, that he's the everlasting father. Number one is this, as you follow along with me in your bulletin and fill in the blanks. Number one, you need to understand that Christ's character does not change. His character does not change. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number eight. This is important for where we're going the rest of this message, for this scripture to sink in. Hebrews 13, verse eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today and forever. He's the same. Jesus is our everlasting father and he's not like some earthly fathers. Can I tell you something about Jesus? He does not change. He is consistent. You can count on him. You can take it to the bank that our everlasting father, Jesus Christ, that his character never changes. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Let's look at the story of the prodigal son and let's look at Jesus's, at, at the everlasting father's character through this story. Luke chapter 15, verse 17 through 19. The scripture says, when he came to his census, talking about this son. If you're not familiar with the story, let me bring you up the speed. This prodigal son went to his father and asked him for his share of the estate. 
Of course, you were not supposed to get the share of the estate until daddy died. But the son went to the father and basically said, Daddy, I want to pretend like your dad. And I want to live life like you don't matter. And, and can I get my stuff and, and just go on and live my life? And the father gave the young man his portion of the estate. The scripture says that this man, the little boy, went to a distant country. And he wasted all of the money in wild living, sleeping with prostitutes, partying, living a wild life. And he spent it all. And the Bible says once he spent it all that a famine came. And he began to be hungry. He began to starve. And he got so desperate that he went and he went to work for a man. And he worked with the man's pigs in a pig pen. And the Bible says that he was so hungry and working in the pig pen that he even wanted to eat the food the pigs were eating. And as he was in the middle of the pig pen, as he was broke, as he had lost everything, as he was a partier and he was at the lowest point of his life, we pick up verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, he began to think about daddy. How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? I, I want to point out the, the, the first uh, the thing about the father's character is this, that he's a provider. I don't have time to talk about that a long time, but I want you to notice when the son began to think about his father, he said, how many of my father's hired men, even his hired men, even his servants have food to spare? They have plenty because father is a provider and here I am starving to death. Verse 18, I will set out and go back. Everybody say go back. Come on, how many know sometimes you got to go back? Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. You went left, you went right and it's time to go back. You've been doing your own thing. It's time to go back. And the young man says, I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Question. Question. As I was reading and studying this week, I began to think about this. What makes this prodigal son think that his father will welcome him back home? <laughs> Here he is saying, I'm going to go back home. Well, what makes you think you can go back home? What makes you think that it's okay to go back to the house? What, what, what makes you, how in the world did you come up to draw this conclusion? And there's no doubt that the son knew the father's character. You see, the son realized that he had changed, but that his father had not changed. He realized that his father was still full of forgiveness. He realized part of the father's character is that he is still full of mercy and he's full of grace. He realized that his father's character was that he is still full of love. I want you to understand something about your everlasting father. He's a father that has forgiveness. He's everlasting father of grace. He's everlasting father of mercy. Come on, he's an everlasting father of, of love. Your everlasting father, his character never changes. And can I tell you the great thing about our everlasting father is that he always leaves the door open for us to come back home again. He's the everlasting father of second chances. No matter how far you have roamed away, at daddy's house, the door is always open. And the Bible says this prodigal son, he had blown it big time. He lived wild. He wasted the money. He pretended daddy did not exist. And can I tell you that he realized I can, I can go home again. 
because daddy's character has always been one of forgiveness, grace, mercy, of a second chance. Daddy always leaves the door open. I'm talking to somebody today. You drifted away. You're doing your own thing. You're living wild. And you're thinking to yourself, can I really go? Herbert, you don't understand what I've done. Can I really go back home? I want you to understand that your everlasting father has grace for you. He's full of mercy. He's full of love. He's full of forgiveness. Come on, just shout, go back. Come on, shout, go back. Yeah, go back home where you belong. Point number two, there's a second point I want to draw out about the everlasting father. Number two is this. Christ's compassion does not change. Not only does his character not change, but his compassion does not change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scripture says back in the story, Luke 15 and verse number 20, it says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. He was filled with compassion. For some reason, that just jumped out at me in a fresh way this week. He was filled with compassion. Friends, our everlasting Father is full of compassion. And if you read throughout the Gospels, we find that Jesus was full of compassion. Let me just share a couple of examples with you today. Mark chapter 1 And verse number 40 says, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice verse 41, filled with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Jesus is full of compassion. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them talking about Jesus because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Our everlasting father is full of compassion. You say, well, Herbert, what does that really mean? Well, let me share with you a definition. This week, I looked up the word compassion in the online dictionary, online Webster's Dictionary. And, and here's what it said. A deep awareness and sympathy for another's suffering. I even like the second definition even better. It says the humane quality of understanding the sufferings of others and wanting to do something about it. You see, it's one thing for people to see you suffering. But that's not compassion. Compassion is when I see you suffering and I want to do something about it. And Jesus is full of compassion. And friends, we live in a world where we can get broken up, scratched up, and dinged up. Can you say amen? We, we, we live in a world where we can get hurt physically and emotionally. We can have broken bones. We can have broken relationships. We can have broken hearts. And when Jesus sees us suffering, when Jesus sees us in distress, when Jesus sees us in pain, he is full of compassion. When he sees that we have messed our life up, 
when he sees that we keep going through hurt and pain, when he sees that disaster after disaster keeps coming our way, when he sees that our world is falling apart, Jesus is full of compassion. He is moved. Can I tell you that the compassion of Jesus moves him to help us. The compassion of Jesus moves him to save us. The compassion of Jesus moves him to rescue us. Our everlasting Father, His compassion never changes. And I think about this prodigal son. And he had went into a distant country and lost everything. And can I tell you something about this prodigal son? When he got up to go back home, can I tell you that he didn't go back home the same way that he left? Come on, when he left, he left like George Jefferson. You know what I'm saying? He's walking got my money. Peace out, daddy. We'll see y'all later. I mean, he left feeling good about himself, pocket full of money. I mean, he's got it going on. But can I tell you, when he went back home, (laughs) he didn't go back home the same way. He's broke. He was starving, losing weight, nasty and dirty, barely able to walk, lost all of his money, living a party lifestyle, just trying to get back home. And I love this. I love this. And the scripture says the father sees him. And he was moved. But can I tell you what motivated his move, his movement? Compassion. You see, he was motivated not by guilt. He wasn't motivated by condemnation. He wasn't motivated by, I'm going to knock this boy on top of his head and spend all of the money. That's not what motivated the father. What motivated the father to move was compassion. He saw his boy. He saw his suffering. He saw the mess that he made of his life. He saw how his life was in shambles. And the father, when he saw this, and can I tell you to paint the picture for you, we're talking about a father of royalty. We're talking talking about a father who had servants. We're talking about a father who could snap his fingers and they would get the chariot ready and the horses revved up, put some gasoline in the horses and ride me to my boy. But he was full of compassion. He wasn't worried about anybody else. He took off running to meet his son. And I'm here talking to somebody today. You have blown it. You have messed your life up. Your life is in shambles today. Behind the smile, behind the makeup, behind the cologne. Your life is a mess. And you say, Herbert, can I really go back home? And I want you to know something. Your father is full of compassion. He's not looking at you with condemnation. He's not ready to slap you down. Your everlasting father sees you suffering. And he wants to do something about it. Everybody say, go back home. (laughs) That's right, because you have an everlasting father, the greatest Christmas present ever. Point number three, there's a, a third thing that I want you to see about our everlasting father. Number three is this, is Christ's commitment does not change. His character does not change. His compassion does not change. His commitment does not change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scripture goes back in Luke chapter 15, this prodigal son in verse 21, the scripture says, the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Has anybody ever felt like that before? Well, you just didn't feel worthy. I've messed up. 
I've blown it. I've done some things that I shouldn't have done. I've went too far, and my life is, is, is a mess. I'm not even worthy to be a child of God. And I love verse 22. I, I'm really a simple person in my thinking, and those first three words just minister to me. The son doesn't feel worthy, but verse 22, but the father. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring me the best robe. I mean, hey, now you don't mean the best. The boy's been out partying, drinking, wasted all your money, pretending like you were dead. I mean, get you want one of them old robes, right? No. I'm still committed to my son. Bring me the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring me the fattened calf. I thought you said that fattened calf was for Aunt Lucy. Well, I'm not worried about Aunt Lucy now. Uh, your bo- my son, I'm committed to my boy and my boy is back home. I, I thought you was fattening that calf up for a party. I don't care. I don't want a skinny calf. I want the calf that we bought the best grain for, the best wheat. I want the fat calf. Bring it to, I'm committed to my boy who came back home and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Now verse 24. Wow. Here it goes. For this son of mine. He's still my son. He messed up. He spent it all. He slept with prostitutes. He disobeyed me. But I'm still committed to him. He's still my son. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Friends, there are some people that will walk out on you. You may have had an earthly father that walked out on you, but I want to tell you something about your everlasting father. He won't walk out on you. He's committed to you. He won't abandon you. He won't leave you. Your everlasting father, he'll stick with you through thick and thin. He'll stick with you when you've messed your life up. He'll stick with you when your life is in shambles. He'll still call you. That's my son. That's my, I know they've blown it, but I'm still committed to him. How many know that's a good God? He's still committed. He's still committed. He's still committed. And I want to tell you something that's awesome about our everlasting father is that he'll be committed to you even when everybody else thinks he shouldn't be. And the Bible says the older brother showed up. That's the religious person. That's the church folk. You know, he'd been in the house the whole time praising the Lord. And the older religious church going brother shows up at the house and he's not real happy. Yeah, man, let's throw that boy on the street. Do you know what he's done, Daddy? The boy wasted all your money. I know he wasted it, but I'm still committed. But but he's been sleeping with prostitutes. I know, but I'm still committed. Wait, wait, listen, listen, listen. But that, Daddy, Daddy, I, I don't understand. I've been with you the whole time. I've been in the house. You hadn't thrown a big party for me. Listen, son. Listen, listen. Everything I have is yours. But I want you to understand something. I'm still committed to you. I love you. Thanks for coming to church. But I still am committed. I'm still committed to your brother. I know you don't see it. I know you don't see it. But your brother still has potential. I know you don't see it. You want to condemn him. But your brother can be restored. I know you don't see it. But, but your brother still has value. And I'm committed to him. I'm the everlasting father. And I'm talking to somebody today. Life's a mess. 
Does God still love me? Does he still care? Absolutely. He's an everlasting father. I don't care how far you drifted, drifted away. He can restore you. He can help you. If you'll take one step towards your everlasting father, he'll come running towards you. Put a ring on your finger. Put the best coat on you. Kill a fattened calf and throw a party. Because our everlasting father is committed. He's faithful forever. The scripture says this as I'm closing. Psalms chapter 146 verse 5 and 6 says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful. How long? Forever. He's faithful. He's committed, friends, because he remains faithful forever. I close with Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. This sums up my message today. All three points is summed up in this scripture. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. That's his character. How many know you ought to be dead right now? Come on, some of you ought to be dead. Ought to be in jail. Come on, you should have lost your job if they would have found out what you did. Amen. Look at here. But because of the Lord's great love, our everlasting Father's love, His character never changes. We are not consumed. We're still in our right mind. We still have our family. We're still in church today because of the Lord's great love. It goes on to say, for His compassions never fail. Our everlasting Father is full of compassion when He sees you. His compassion never fails when He sees you suffering. goes on to say, they are new every morning. And then he concludes the verse by saying, great is your faithfulness. Christ's compassion, his character, his commitment never changes. We wrote a song about his commitment. We call it, great is thy faithfulness. Our everlasting father left heaven and came to earth and gave us you open some gifts up you may get you an iPhone a, a big screen television you may get you a brand new car come on all you car salesmen say amen pastor preach help us to what's the greatest Christmas present you could ever get it's Jesus Christ being your everlasting father knowing his character knowing his compassion and knowing his commitment let's pray Lord, thanks for your word, your presence. Thanks for moving in this place.